Welcome once again to the MongoDB podcast. We are, as always, glad to have you here. I'm Shane McAllister. I'm a developer advocate here at MongoDB. And for those that have started recently listening, once again, I am also joined by Cedric, who is our intern here at MongoDB. Cedric, how are you? Doing good, doing good. Um, this week, uh, I'm working on some stuff. Uh, so two upcoming articles and perhaps a video on the Dev Hub, as we talked about before. Excellent. Yep. Yep. Okay. And what are they on? What are you What are you writing about? What are these these articles? We look forward to seeing. <laughs> um, so one of them is going to be on the Kubernetes Atlas operator, which I guess just became GA during MongoDB World. And the other mm-hmm. uh, on MongoDB and the Tableau connector. So as always, they're keeping me busy here for sure. Yeah, <laughs> we we've got to keep the interns busy. You know, we we have we've we've uh, you're one of 120 plus this summer. So uh, and for us, it's always amazing to bring young interns in from college to see you know their take on what we do and to share our knowledge but most importantly obviously to get a get your kind of take on what we're building and and also projects that we've seen some superb intern projects in the past um some of them which have gone on to live beyond just intern projects and have right, been subsumed right. into into other parts of the mongodb ecosystem so it's super valuable i know it's a short time that we have you for um, but we hope that might turn into something more because most of our interns will also all things permitting and all things being good and equal have an opportunity to return to MongoDB once their studies are finished so it's a, it's a really really good path to a potential role and career here at MongoDB so always good to have you Cedric good to have you thank you so I know at World, and this is uh, episode three of the World series of podcasts, uh, interviews that we did at MongoDB World back in early June. And I know uh, before we get into the main clip that we want to have for you today, that uh, we sent you out with your microphone uh, along the show floor or the partners pavilion or promenade i think that we call it <laughs> at the time cedric so you we played some in the last episode but we've, we've got some more right yeah yeah we've got two more um here to show um so one is a mongodb employee who got hired during the COVID period so she's sharing okay. her experience right at her first ever world and it was Super. the first world for a lot of people as it turns out as i was interviewing it was. It was myself included. I, I'm I'm here two and a half years, but obviously COVID stopped both the previous worlds. So it was superb to be back in 2022 and in person and actually put a, a face to a lot of colleagues there that we only see on Zoom um, and meet them in person and also to share some time with our customers and our partners as well. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, you, you nailed that on the head right there. I mean, during the day before the conference at the office, uh, people were coming in. And I guess a lot of people in these teams have just never met each other. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of handshakes or a lot of hugs. It was honestly a good experience to see that and to see like the kind of family, you know, environment that, that we kind of have here at Mongo. But the other was also a panelist at the conference. Um, so okay. she was sharing her relationship between the company she works for, Apollo, and MongoDB, and also, you know, how she, excited she was to be on this panel at the conference. So um, two really cool clips. Uh, let's go ahead and take a listen. This is Cedric Clyburn. I'm here with... Isabella Nyakundi. 
And today we're talking about what you're most excited about for MongoDB World. Well, this is my first time to attend a MongoDB World, and I got hired during COVID. And um, I'm excited uh, seeing my customers. Today I got to um, attend a session with Coinbase, which was really exciting. I've met with um, a lot of other MongoDB employees that I've been seeing virtually, but I saw them in person, so it's really great. Well, absolutely. Hi, I'm Cedric Clyburn, and I'm with... Peggy Rezis. I'm the Senior Director of Developer Experience at Apollo GraphQL. And um, we're talking today about what are you most excited for for MongoDB World. So I'm really excited about the partnership Apollo and Mongo have together. What's really great is it allows uh, some of our customers like American Airlines, for example, the ability to use their legacy relational databases alongside some of their new exciting tech like MongoDB Atlas. I'm also really excited for uh, my panel tomorrow. It's at 3.15. Uh, it's with some other leaders from Vercel and Prisma and together we're going to talk about about how our companies are revolutionizing the developer experience along with MongoDB. So check it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. Wow, that was great. And, and, you know, it was brilliant to capture that flavor of MongoDB World. And, and obviously, that's an annual event for us. Um, but we do have local events in different countries around the world. So keep an eye on MongoDB.com for what we call a dot .local event uh, coming to somewhere near you uh, in the future as well, too. So without further ado, we'll move on to uh, this interview. Again, another interview Mike Lynn did on the show floor at MongoDB World. And this one is a, is a super hot topic. And, and Cedric, this will be interesting for you, too, because obviously what you're studying in college, you know, applies to where we are heading in essentially the uh, you know, this movement, this low-code, no-code movement. And, you know, it is sometimes controversial in the developer sphere. Developers like to have full control. They like to start things from scratch and first principles, etc. You know, but not everybody likes to do that. And, and it can be slow. And, you know, we would certainly say that, you know, leveraging a framework or leveraging a product is always a quicker way to go about doing things. So we have a really interesting company called Uncork. And we have Nick Gamble, the head of evangelism at Uncork, uh, talking to us about what they do and how their company helps users to rapidly develop and deploy their apps and platforms with minimal coding. So let's hear from Nick when he chatted with Mike Lynn at MongoDB World and learn how Uncork allows enterprises to seamlessly integrate all of their systems and data and increase productivity and innovation through automation. Okay, uh, Nick Gamble, uh, I had evangelism at Uncork, uh, which is a role I recently started after spending over three years at the company, you know, being a solutions architect, developing with the platform, um, leading teams that actually even developed features of the Uncork platform with the Uncork platform, which was pretty exciting, and and now just kind of sharing the love that I've grown for Uncork with the rest of the world. Yeah, fantastic. Well, it's, it's great to have you on the podcast. Thanks. I'm really excited to talk to you about Uncork. It's a great platform. Explain to folks what it is, apart from a low-code, no-code development environment, tell folks what the benefits of using Uncork are. 
Sure. So the benefits of Uncork, we're, we're really framing in this umbrella of codeless architecture now, which is how we're rethinking no code, which is effectively a pro, an approach to no code, but an open approach. So Uncork uses Mongo under the covers to store many things, both the data that our customers are collecting, as well as the representation of your business logic. So codeless architecture is effectively a JSON-based declarative document that describes your application's data, your application's business logic, and your applications presentation, effectively separating the logic from the implementation. Mm. So whereas a lot of other no-code, low-code platforms will you know, tie those two things together, whatever you do in their interface is going to either generate code or generate some proprietary format. Uncork is taking an open format to it, leveraging the power of Mongo underneath that uh, in order to you know, rapidly develop and confidently deploy your software. Great description. Cool. So it's it's clear that you've done this in a pre-sales context as well as an evangelism context. But yeah, it's funny you say that because I actually did start at Uncork on the pre-sales side. Yeah, you know, I had spent my career in software development before Uncork. I was in product development teams, leading engineering teams, and it wasn't something I really wanted to do anymore. And I wanted to you know take my passion for technology and open it up and start to deal with more you know more people focused approach to technology. Okay, so I'm a developer from, from way back, and I had exposure to, to a low-code environment early on, looking at an application, looking at how you're going to manipulate and manage data, and then leveraging some lens of low-code or no-code to accomplish that. And I vividly remember some frustrations around limitations. Um, do you recognize that a no-code environment can be can be difficult for someone who has written code. And, and is that something that's been thought about in, in development of Uncork? Sure. So certainly we're trying to keep things as pure, no code as possible. And again, going back to that codeless definition of that declarative representation of your logic. And admittedly, we've gotten very far in doing so. You know, we're dealing with very large enterprises, large banks, insurance providers, even governments like New York City, and developing very complex applications using purely no code, as well as I even, you know, for fun, built a video game completely with no code. So I think we've we've shown that you can do a lot. But yes, there are certain, you know, times where there might be various UI interactions that you know, may not be supported directly, or there might be some other logic that you know, might be better done in code. And that's, that's okay, I think, in the end. And it's about, you know, right now, as companies are digitally transforming, they have to do so in a very composable manner. You can't just expect that you can move everything over in one big shot. Uh, nor that one tool is going to be right for any job. Even when you're thinking from a developer perspective, different programming languages have different benefits and you're going to use them in different cases. Different databases have different benefits and use it in different cases. Like Schemaless is great, MongoDB is great, but there are probably times where you might want to use a different data store. So you can look at that at the same way with our platform where we have a very strong integration framework. So if you do need to go code something somewhere, Uncore can tie very seamlessly into that in a very visual manner to help support some of those cases where you know maybe we don't have all the perfect capabilities that are going to achieve your, your your need. Yeah. Now, does Uncork give you the ability to to have a break in the no code experience and and customize with code? So technically, there's a you know a secret back door, um, but it's very much frowned upon, yeah. you know, um, and we do steer clear of it. But we are thinking about other ways in terms of how we can allow people to introduce code if that's something we want. So as we open up this codeless definition that I was talking about a little bit earlier, we're going to give people the op opportunity to bring in some of their IP and represent it in a codeless manner. So as long as we keep some separation between that creation experience and then how the data is stored against it, you know, we can potentially allow 
custom code to be brought in, but then to the end user or the developer's perspective inside of the Uncork platform or any other platform that may subscribe to the codeless standard, you know, it feels very visual and it's entirely no code to them. Yeah. Now, is there a set of applications or, or use cases that are, are just really in the sweet spot of Uncork? Sure. So again, we're working with a lot of you know large banks and uh, enterprises and financial service. So financial services, insurance are our two primary uh, markets. We're also getting very big into healthcare. So it's a lot of onboarding flows. Anything that's you know a multi-user workflow, oftentimes with integration with other systems, that tends to be our our sweet spot. Uh, but again, we've we've proved out some pretty interesting interesting stuff. But those those highly regulated uh, workflows. It, it tends to be where we where we hit it. Okay, hard. so so forms and and processes and multi-page. Right, so multi-page forms, which have, might have multiple different users interacting with it potentially at the same time or in sequence, uh, having calls down to the server, which might talk out to other uh, APIs that are going to enrich the data or, or, or do checks against the data that you're capturing. Uh, those are going to be a very big sweet spot. And then also on top of that, once you have that data, being able to visualize the data in, in dashboards and running reporting against it in metrics and things like that and understanding how your workflow is going and and, and where you can potentially optimize it. Yeah, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig in myself, I have a couple of things that I'd, I'd like to experiment with. How do you get more information about Uncork and where do I begin? Sure. Well, we have uncork.com. Uncork.com slash creators would be a great place to go. That's our creator hub where you're going to get a lot of awesome information about, you know, want to sign up to learn even more information through our newsletter, see some spotlights from some of our power users and the things that they've created. Um, and then we'll also be able, we're soon going to be opening up our community, which is community.uncork.com, uh, which you'll be able to get, you know, tons of information and in, introductions to our, our documentation, to, you know, a stack overflow like question and answer forum. Uh, we also have a Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash uncork. Uh, we've been going on a weekly basis on Thursdays, but we're going to be ramping that up a lot more. You can see a lot more from us. And everything that we do on Twitch also gets posted to our YouTube channel. So you can find some you know, archives of some of the content we've had up there. I'm curious about when I create an application with uncork, I'm creating a JSON document, which is declarative, as you mentioned. Um, is it possible to share those? And it, is there an open source concept in uncork? Yeah, so effectively everything is visible, everything is open, everything's API enabled. So when you design a module, let's say that's that's a module is effectively a page within a workflow or an API endpoint. And that's the primary building block of these applications. Everything that you do there, the JSON that comes out of dragging and dropping the various elements onto a canvas is fully accessible and visible in your API. We've had examples where we even push that outside of Uncork. So there's a few clients who want to bake Uncork within their own CI CD systems. So let's say they're using GitLab, for example, and they're controlling all of their CI, CD, all their deployments from there. We're actually able to push our JSON documents into their GitLab where they can do merges and pulls and whatever else they want and then call back to Uncork for promotion. So, you know, we, we understand that, you know, you're going to want to get at your data. You're going to want to see it in other systems. And we're getting into these organizations that have processes in place and other systems in place. Um, and to be a part of that, we need to be extremely, you know, open with what we do so that we can integrate as best as possible. Yeah. And as you're as you're talking about that, I'm thinking about native versus compiled or, or emulated uh, versions of the code. What's happening in Uncork's mobile space? So right now we're mostly focused on mobile web. 
You know, so there's two primary what we call runtimes to uncork. Everything that you build in uncork is going to be rendered in a browser or it's going to be executed on the server. Uh, but we're exploring a number of other runtimes. And that's one of the ideas of opening up this codeless definition that we have with representatives is now when people see the open standard, they understand what everything in that declarative document means. We can start to you know open up the world of people who can build new runtimes, mobile potentially being one of them. You know, right now we have seen simply dropping in uh, an Uncork application into a mobile wrapper um, where you can still access some of the native features, the biometrics and other things that come with mobile. Uh, but certainly once we open this up, we expect to see a lot more you know, traction building dedicated you know, mobile runtimes. So I want to dig into that. What does it mean to open that definition up? Is this a standards approach that you're, you're looking at? Yeah, exactly. So an open standard. So effectively, again, it's JSON. So it's built on top of an already existing open standard that you know you have benefited from tremendously and, and we are as well. Uh, so then you know, basically for each and every component, each and every element of Uncork, you know, there are key value pairs that describe its behavior and describe its business rules, the validations, the actions to take if, if someone interacts with a given component. So those key values will be defined and you'll understand that, you know, if it says required true, then you need to validate this field at any point in time. Uh, so you'll be able to see the documents. You'll be able to see what they mean, what each declaration means and how you should, you know, respect that if you go build a runtime on top of yeah, it. Yeah, sort of a schema. Yeah. For applications. Effectively. Yeah. Yep. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience when it comes to Cork or maybe even yourself? Um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I think Uncore, I think with low code and no code, a lot of people tend to focus on citizen development. You know, that's like, they're like, okay, well, we're going to do no code. So then everyone in an organization can start building software. And I know, but we're, we, we don't come at it that way. Not to say there isn't a wonderful aspect of low code, no, no code that democratizes software development for a lot of people, but software development is software development in the end. And there's a lot of very difficult things. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners being, you know, very hardcore developers, like they don't necessarily want a, a citizen development platform or, or like to be able to build the complex things. So we're definitely looking at this being a very developer focused no code platform in that you still have a lot of the power that you get when you code, you're, but you're abstracting away a lot of those main, mundane things that you're always doing as a developer, whether it's you're a DevOps engineer and, and building out your servers all the way to a front end or back end developer, you know, writing code where we're understanding what you've been through and, and taking the concepts that you're used to and giving you a new visual way to go about it in a declarative way. So don't think of Uncork as just a citizen development platform. It really is a general purpose, powerful development platform that myself, again, as a, as a career developer, have, have just been drawn to and, and have seen what you can accomplish when you put someone with that kind of experience, you know, in front of a keyboard using a platform like that. Yeah. Yeah. I hate to go backwards, but, but as you were answering that question, I'm, I'm again thinking about the output of my work in Uncork. I'm, I'm dragging, I'm dropping, I'm creating a form. It's multi-page perhaps. Uh, I'm applying business rules. We're going to be capturing data when I'm finished, when I'm ready to publish the app. What is the output aside from the, the JSON document, is it compiled? Can it run natively on a server or, or does it require an emulator environment? Uh, so it is, it is just the JSON document. So that is the only output. And in fact, so there are multiple levels of environments. So you're going to have a development environment, a QA environment, and a production environment. So ultimately, when you're promoting your applications, you're just pushing that JSON document from one environment to another. And then our browser runtime effectively just you know, interprets that on the fly, uh, just like an interpreted language. So it's just run right on the fly. And does 
does it require is it does it have to run in the uncork environment to be available to the to the general public or can i run it on my own servers so right now the express application which is our you know browser runtime uh, that is kind of blended a little bit or attached to an uncork environment uh, however you know we are exploring concepts of web components you know so actually taking uncork and not needing an entire page in order to render it but actually be able to un render just a piece of a page and a web component which you can plug into, you know, maybe your React framework that you have, you know, that you're building on your own and potentially SDKing, things like that. So. Yeah, terrific. I'm curious about the number of users of Uncork and, and the scale that you're, you're uh, working with at Uncork. Sure. I'm trying to remember the exact number. I believe we have in the tens of thousands of trained, certified Uncork engineers. And that's across you know, folks who work for the company, uh, folks who've been trained in our customers, and then a large amount of SI partners we have uh, that do a lot of the development for us. So yeah, the numbers are, are pretty large. And, and they're from all different backgrounds. You know, We have a lot of folks who were, like myself, engineers. We have folks who didn't necessarily have a, an engineering background who have been able to be effective. And then you have the folks that are kind of in the middle where you have maybe your QA engineers, folks who you know don't do that on a day-to-day -day basis, but have the really technical mindset that now now we've given them a platform that they can, you know, really be effective in. So yeah, and is Uncork in Atlas? Yes. Okay, so you're, you're leveraging the Atlas platform. Um, what other platform features are you leveraging? Are you are you leveraging auto scale, for example, or uh, or search capabilities or charts? Yeah, so we are using a lot of the query optimizers and the index suggestions. So, you know, because we have customers building such a wide array of, you know, applications on top of our platform that everyone is almost unique and 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 we can we we need those insights to be able to to pull things out. Uh, we leverage the BI connector to get data from Mongo into other clients, you know, analytics tools so they can do additional analysis on top of what's possible inside of Uncork. Um, yeah, and then auto scaling for sure and and again, the two things I just mentioned earlier we're very excited to to try to bring in as well. Yeah, great. Well, Nick, uh, we're here recording at MongoDB World 2022, and I, I just have to ask you: Have you heard any exciting news or announcements from the the show so far? Sure. Yeah, there are two big ones that I think is really getting on Cork excited. One is cluster to cluster syncing. Uh, that was a very big one. We're very excited about that as you know, you're building all of these highly available systems um, and also working with data that exists in production and lower environments and having to get those, you know, real life examples down in your test environment. So that was a very big one for us as well. Um, and then also the relational to schema lists. I think there was an automatic conversion that y'all talked about. And, you know, we're working with a lot of enterprise that have a lot of legacy products. Um, and the more capabilities that, you know, we can leverage from Mongo to help to transform those is going to be better. So that sounds like a very exciting one that we hope to be able to leverage. Terrific. Yeah. Well, Nick, thanks so much for stopping by and, and sharing details about Uncork. Anything else you want to mention before we wrap? Michael, thanks a lot for having me. This was a lot of fun and it's been really exciting to be here with you all at MongoDB World. Well, that was a fascinating conversation there with, with Mike and Nick. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, as a developer, I'm yet to say I have to fully embrace or explore low-code, no-code tools, but it certainly looks promising. And, you know, from me, um, you know, and, and really what Uncork are promising is that they're developer-focused and they're you know, following an open standard. And as you know, we're big fans of open source here at MongoDB, obviously. Um, but for me, the biggest thing is extracting the mundane and repetitive tasks for a developer. And I, for one, 
I'm certainly all for that. So I will certainly watch the progress of Uncork uh, with keen eyes. So, yeah, that's been another superb episode. That was episode three, and we will be coming back with more. This is a nine-part series in the interviews that we did at MongoDB World in June 2022. Uh, so I think that's about it. Right, Cedric? I believe so. So remember, as always, links are in the show notes. And please remember to review and subscribe and stay tuned for our next episode from MongoDB World. For myself, Cedric Clyburn. And me, Shane McAllister. It's been a pleasure and we hope to have you join us on a future episode very soon. Thank you all.